offering. Guys, I want you guys to to welcome Dr. Conti Terrell. Conti is one of the, the finest ladies I know who <laughs> gives back all of her, all the time, doing so many amazing things for so many different women who've gone through so many uh, um, different times in their life. But I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about herself. Who better can tell you who they are than Conti Terrell? So, Conti, <laughs> won't you, Dr. Conti, tell the audience who you are. Well, thank you so much for having me, first of all. I look forward to uh, being here with you tonight. And we go back a long way, so I am I am also super, super uh, a fan of yours and admire all the wonderful things that you do as well. Um, but I am uh, an uh, international speaker, uh, international best-selling author, and I all of that came about uh, over, I, you know, I was talking to someone and can't believe it's been 30 years, but uh, many, many, many years ago, I was in a domestically abusive marriage, and I, I laugh about it, and I tell people I thought my knight in shining, he was my knight in shining armor, and he turned out to be my nightmare on Elm Street. But out of all of that, <laughs> God just um, uh, allowed me to, to come out, and when I did, I thought, you know what, there has got to be other women uh, like me, because I, I I never saw abuse. Um, I always thought that it could happen to everybody but me. And so I just wanted to have uh, uh, the opportunity to share and help women to uh, be their best self by coming to support groups and, and just kind of talking it out. And, and God had uh, much more in mind. Um, I went back to school, became a counselor, started a nonprofit organization 23 years ago, uh, Fresh wow. Spirit Wellness for Women. And uh, so we help women to uh, overcome physical, uh, domestic violence, and sexual abuse. Um, we do, it's a nonprofit organization, and we do counseling, case management, court advocacy, support groups. We literally help. Uh, get them uh, moved out of the abusive and toxic situation. And then we help women to understand that domestic violence is not just physical, uh, that it's emotional, that it's verbal, that it is sexual, that it's financial, it's control and power, um, power and control that, that the relationship takes on. So, um, but that's who I am and that's what I do. It's my purpose and I love doing every bit of it. Awesome, awesome. So I want to ask you, Dr. Conti, what uh, what really inspired you to even start all this? Well, you know, I I just thought that, you know, we all have, a, I think as little girls, the dream of this fairytale, fairytale life and this wonderful marriage and so, uh, like I said, I, I thought I checked off all the boxes. Uh, you know, I met his parents, um, you know, all the things that you think that you're supposed to do. And then I realized uh, shortly into uh, the marriage, uh, first of all, into the relationship, um, you know, everything was so wonderful and, you know, uh, all the things that I thought great relationships are. And we had all the connections, so that, you know, I thought. And then after getting married, I, you know, started to see different signs. 
And uh, it, it went from emotional abuse, uh, verbal abuse, uh, control. I couldn't talk to people on the phone when he was home. And it wasn't like he was saying, you can't talk to people on the phone. It was so subtle, you know, it was like, you know, well, I miss you all day. I want, you know, I want your time. And so originally it starts out so flattering, like, okay, you know, and honey, you know, I really like it when you hit wear your hair down. I, you know, the back is cute, but, you know, it's not as sexy as down. So then you start doing that, you know, and so it goes from one thing to another. And so yeah. before you know it, it was, you know, it was, you know, I was just totally controlled, um, trying to isolate me. Um, and then it went from that to physical. And I wasn't someone that was, um, I mean, I was very popular in school. You know, I have, I came from a very good family. I had an absolutely wonderful childhood. Me and my siblings are close. So this is not, this wasn't, I never saw abuse in my household. And typically, you know, that's what they say and that's what you think. And, you know, I've seen all the billboards and people had black eyes and, and that wasn't what was happening to me, but you know, it was physical abuse. He would fling me up against the wall. He would drag me across the floor, you know, and I'm thinking he's, you know, and it wasn't happening every day. It wasn't even happening every month. There was time to go two years. So I'm thinking this is not domestic violence. You know, <laughs> this can't be domestic yeah. violence. And so that is what I teach. Um, there's different dichotomies of domestic violence. And I teach women to, to be able to see those, what I call not so red flags. We know the red flag. We know the if you, you know, punch me in the face or if you do, you know, certain things, that's a red flag. But not all of the time uh, and most of the time it doesn't start like that. It's not the red flags. I call them the not so red flags because sometimes they're very subtle. And before you know it, it's like, what am I into? And then, you know, you, I, you know, I, I liken it to people say crack addicts. Um, keep going back because they want that first initial high. And so that's how domestic violence and narcissism, getting in relationships with narcissists, you want that first high, you want that first relationship, you know, blitz because they were so wonderful in the beginning. You like, you know, if you like, you know, eating out, they like eating out. If you like, you know, going to church, they like going to church. It's like everything is so wonderful. And so you're trying to, it's like, like, where did this person come from where, you know, you know, what I teach is now, you know, I've been speaking and teaching and empowering women for, you know, over 25 years now as a result of it. And one of the things that I teach all the time is they are who they are. The first person that you're trying to get back is the imposter. What you have now is what is who it is. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, wow. My, your story is just like um, I'm listening to you talk, and I'm going like, you, you know, you, you've, uh, your story is, is what a lot of people go through, mm -hmm. and um, with you sharing your story, it can help another woman say, hey, I can get out of this. There's a yeah. you know, better life for me somewhere else. If Dr. Conti found a way to, to remove herself from that, I know I can do this. Yes, so, yes. And, and, I, and I, I encourage you, you absolutely, definitely can. Yes. Yes, you can. I think that's great. So what, what's the first thing you could, could say to our audience for a person has 
you know, has either gone through domestic violence or still in it, what advice could you give that person that's, that's going through that? Well, you know, I want to let a lot of times people say, well, he'll change. You know, I want, I'm, I, you know, I want him to change. Uh, maybe I, we're such fixers, you know, Tess. We as women, we're such fixers. And, and we think that, you know, for me, uh, they'll change. Or if you just haven't had the right type of person that loved them. And a lot of times um, the abuser, manipulator, narcissist, all in the same, they start out with, nobody's ever understood me like you and everybody has, you know, turned against me, but you, you know, those kinds of things. And so you then, when you start really seeing the person for who they are, you too start saying, well, I'm not going to be the one that turned against them. I'm going to be the one that show them that they can, you know, overcome their own stuff. And they're going to, you know, if I just love them a little more, but all of that is a part of the grooming. That's a part of the stuff that happens in the beginning. So because they already know they're gonna you're gonna eventually see who they are. They can only carry that that facade on for such a short time. And so they're in the beginning really, really grooming you for when you start seeing the person that they really are, that you feel like, Okay, well, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe I can I can change this person. Maybe I can fix them. But you can't fix anybody. That's that's my advice. And you know, if it's if you're not happy, if you don't have peace, if you got to walk around on eggshells, that's not healthy love. And and we get married, and nobody gets married for uh, to divorce. And 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 no no ha- you know people who divorce they don't the happy marriages don't end in divorce. So if you're having issues and and you think you can, you can fix it, if this person is an abuser and a narcissist, you can't fix it, and you can't fix them, and and you shouldn't have to, and you shouldn't have to try. And so that's my advice, but get a plan, because the the rate of being killed, and we hear it on the radio all the time, TV, someone's being killed, the rate goes up 75% more that you will be killed upon trying to leave. So, you know, Sometimes people think, well, he's not that bad. He's just he's just a little jealous or he's just this, but they don't understand that power and control. And they've controlled you so long that they're not willing to, uh, you know, give up that power and that control. Wow. Oh, my. So they, they're not willing to really give up. The control, mm-mm, uh, mm-mm. and and then you, if you stay in it, it just it just makes it worse because they're not going to give up the control. Mm-mm, they enjoy it. Mm-mm. right. You okay, know, and and so so narcissism is a condition um, of many abusers. Uh, you know, what we as uh, experts and 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 mentally, um, it's a mental disorder. Most people don't think it is NPD, narcissistic personality disorder. And so the abuser or the narcissist is a person who rarely changes. It is always in their minds that they're right, you're wrong. And they lack empathy. A lot of times women want them to see how they're making you feel and how they're hurting you and how 
they've changed, but they, they lack empathy. See, they're not going to see it. They're not going to change. They're not going to feel sorry for you. And then they have a deep need for a sense of attention and adoration and all of your attention and all of your, you know, you, they've got to be number one in everything. You can't look at anybody. You can't do anything, you know. And, and so they, and they can't justify letting you go. Mm. Wow. My. Well, I'm just listening to you um, tell, your, tell your story. And um, I see that you've started several different projects. And um, I want to, for you to tell our audience just how you kind of overcome all of this. You talked about you were in this 30 years ago, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so now there's 30 years later, it, as an entrepreneur, tell us where, how did you start this, this whole project, this, this whole nonprofit? Tell us where, you know, what advice you can give people that, you know, you're such an extraordinary woman, and I'm just listening to you. What gave you the strength to do this, to even say, hey, I'm, I'm leaving this, but then I'm doing this, and on the next thing I'm doing that. But tell us kind of where, what got you from there to here? You know, I, I, I have a saying, God takes you through where he wants you to be a blessing to. And, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. But during that time, I was like, God, but I don't see any good in this. What's, where's the good in this? And, and you know, and, and it was a, at a point that I, I didn't know how I was going to get out. You know, I just knew I was going to, you know, and I didn't know. The reason I started Fresh Beer is because at that time, I didn't know uh, where to go. There wasn't much between a shelter and uh, an individual counselor. And I did not, um, I didn't need a shelter. And uh, at the time, the individual counselors, they really had no experience in dealing with domestic violence. A lot of counselors right now, licensed professional counselors, psychiatrists, send me their clients because, you know, they're like, I don't know what to do. This person keeps going back because they have not been trained in actual domestic violence. And so, again, I, I felt like, for me, it was a, a, a myth, and I was like, I if I could, if it could happen to me, it can happen to anyone. So mm-hmm. it basically just started with me having to, you know, going through it and feeling like I don't want anybody to get caught in this. If there's a if there's a way I can help or encourage or educate, you know, let me do it. And I and I started it was just doing support groups, and it's so funny because, you know, you know, God has. I had one plan and he had another. And, you know, God said, okay, we'll go back to school and get a counseling degree. And I was like, God, that's not what I had in mind. I just want to help women with support groups, you know. <laughs> I wasn't planning right. on doing all of it. You know, and so, but I think when you have a heart that's in the right place and a passion for something, you know, uh, I always say jump in the net appear, will appear. 
you know, and so I, I, I tell people, I feel like I was just sitting on a, a, a water fountain and it was closed. You know, one of those, those water fountains sprouts up really high and make all the pretty designs in the park. I was like, I felt like I was just sitting on that and it was turned off and I just wanted to do a little bit of something and somebody turned it on and it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was just started going up and before you know it, it was this thing and it was that thing and it was this thing. But again, you, you know, I think your passion you know, your pain, your passion, and where you impact people, where your power is, is your purpose. And I was just blessed that um, God led me and guided me, and uh, this is definitely my purpose. Awesome, awesome. So, Dr. Conti's Healing House, tell yes. me what that is like, say, a woman comes to Dr. Conti's Healing House. What do, what would you she what should she expect when she gets there? Well, you know, uh, as I said before, I realized there were a lot of women that would not go to a shelter. They just felt like, well, I don't need a shelter. I don't want to go to a shelter. If I could just get on my feet, I just need to start over. I just need a, you know, a, a place. You know, I'm, you know, and and I get it. You know, I get it because I that was me. I, that I, you know, I was. Like, you know, I don't want to do that, and I have, you know, I just want to not a hand out, but somebody to show me what to do. My family did not know anything about protective orders, and, you know, we were being, you know, I was being threatened, and, you know, so it was it was like, okay, what do you do? So the Dr. Conti's Healing House came about is because I knew that there were clients that we had at Fresh Spirit uh, the organization that if they had a place to go that was nice and that was clean and they could be independent and not in a shelter with a bunch of women and, the, you know, that they would probably move. A lot of times we hear people say, well, why don't you leave? You should leave. But are you taking them in your house? <laughs> you know, right. so most of the time the person that's saying, well, you should leave. I wouldn't be there. I wouldn't stay. You're not taking them in your house. So I, uh, I I thought, you know what, if I had a place that I can just turn into a beautiful home that's relaxing, that I can put, you know, uh, a few women in at a time just to, to have peace and candlelight and waterfall and, you know, relaxation and can cook in the kitchen and, you know, not have to feel like they were in a shelter but also can still get the support that they needed, the resources that they needed, and all of the help that we could possibly give them, that that would be a better option for people to to move. And so that's how the Dr. Conti Healing House started. I love it. I love it. That is great. Now, um, tell us where the, um, the Healing House is. Where is it located? Well, we actually don't like to tell where the healing house is located. Um, however, you know, the women that are in the healing house, one of the, one of the um, you know, stipulations is that they have to be um, not in any danger. They've been out of okay. their, their abuse. They've moved forward. But we still like to kind of keep it, you know. Um, keep it private. Yeah, keep it private. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. So then, mm-hmm. in other words, um, if someone wanted to reach out to you, um, how could they reach out to you um, to get connected? Or maybe we can refer someone to you. 
Absolutely. So um, the website is www.freshspirit.org, www.freshspirit.org. They can call. Um, the office is 713-588-4418, 713-588-4418. Okay, awesome, awesome. So I would also like for our guests, if uh, anybody had questions, uh, to, you know, to be able to call in and just, you know, ask you a couple of questions. But I have a few more things I'd like to ask you. Sure. If you had a chance. Conti, to make a difference other than what you're doing now, would it still be the path that you're doing now? You know, uh, I don't know what that path would be. I have, you know, I've always thought I'd be a journalist. I mean, I do, I've, you know, we talked about some of the things that I do and I've had the Dr. Conti TV show and the Dr. Conti radio show and we also have Fresh Beer publishing where people can publish their book and tell their story so that they can empower other women. And so originally uh, in high school, I I thought I would be a journalist. Uh, I wanted to be able to be a journalist. And so I don't think that being a journalist, I, I mean, I'm publishing books now. I have been on TV. I've been on radio. So I don't think that I could be doing anything anymore um, that could be more impactful than what I'm doing. So I, I really don't, I don't know. And I think everything happens the way it's supposed to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, although we don't always understand or see what God is doing and why our path is the way it is, I tell people what happened to you in life is 10% of what happens and 90% of how you respond to it. So whatever happens, take that thing, you know, come out of it and then look at what God has brought you through and take it and use it to help somebody else come through. Awesome. Awesome. That is a a good word for everybody. I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm sitting here listening to you and going like, you're such an amazing person. Um, I I met Conti, I met, we met each other over 20 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) I, I just think back now and, and we, our, how our lives have all connected. And when you meet people, and you just never know how your relationship is going to go from one, one moment to the next. And you, from the day I met you, I knew that you were, you were, you, you had this, this, uh, aura about you that was, that was like, <laughs> it was just inviting. It was just like, okay, this lady here is, is something else. And, God, here we are 20 years later and, yeah. and looking at all the wonderful things and how you've served so many people and you're still serving. And that's what I you know about. When we are. met, it, thank you so much. When we met, I was doing nails. You were doing what you, you know, hair. And uh, I had uh, owned my own nail salon in Atlanta. And when I moved here, I was doing celebrities' nails, Destiny Child's nails. But you know, again, everything kind of has its purpose. I was sitting across the table uh, doing nails, and people were telling me their problems. 
And I realized there were more people, you know, know, there were wealthy people, there were celebrities, there were people that would open up and tell me all of their problems. And, and, and from that, again, here I am now a counselor listening to people's problems but, and helping yes, and coaching yes. and, and telling them different. But you just see how things just seem to, it was just the transition that I didn't even have. You know, I just give it all to God. I didn't even have anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. I remember those days. I remember um, working in the salon with you. You were doing nails and I was doing hair. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, how people just connected to you and connected to me, and, mm-hmm. and here we both are in the same arena of serving people, and I think mm-hmm. that's just amazing how life yeah. works. Yeah. So I want to um, give you opportunity now to just, if you could just give uh, one statement that you can share with our audience. Uh, tell them something that that's on your heart now. Well, you know, I just want to say everyone does not survive domestic violence. 72% of murder-suicides involve intimate partner relationships. 94% of those victims um, are murder that are females. And the majority of that test are African-American women. Mm. African-American women. So, you know, I just want women to understand that love you more uh, understand that you can't fix anybody, that, uh, you, you know, nobody gets in a marriage wanting it to not work, but if it's not working, you have to, you know, do what's best for you, redefine, you know, who you are and, and, and find that strength. Uh, we have support groups, and right now our support groups are virtual. Right now our counseling is virtual. Case management is virtual. So you, you know, you may not even have to leave your home. And a lot of times you may not even be in a relationship right now, uh, but you've been in toxic relationships in the past. So get the, get the counseling and the coaching and the one-on-one and find out what is it about me. I always talk about self-awareness, self-acknowledgement. Nobody actually, you know, does anything to be abused, but we are, uh, we do all have things that we unknowingly attract these types of people. So if you've had a history of that, find out what is going on that they think I'm that person, you know what I'm saying, that they can do this to and that they approach me. And what is it about me that when I see it, like, like, you know, uh, when uh, uh, my mind just went blank, but when a person shows shows you who they are, believe them. And yep. uh, so, what is it about? You know, ask yourself, what is it about me that this person has shown me who they are, and I'm not believing them? And so, I just encourage you to, it, you know, it's it's not easy, but it can be done. And you deserve better. You deserve more. And and sometimes we have to go out our comfort zone and get the things that you need professionally for someone to help you with those things. Right. Awesome. Well, well said, uh, Dr. Conti Terrell, such an, um, a wonderful woman who loves to serve. And I want to open up um, the call to anyone who wants to ask Dr. Conti questions. Um, you have the opportunity to do that now. 
Hello. 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 Hi. Dr. Sarai. Hi. Um, my name is um, Pastor Connie Lines. I'm from Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. Your story is amazing. It really, I came in probably about 20 minutes um, into your conversation with Tess. But um, it really, really blessed me. We have two things in common. We're ordained, and we vote on the nail salon. That's amazing. So the question that we I don't have a history of abuse. I've never been married. But mm-hmm. how does <clears throat> mental abuse fit into a program or is there a program that a lot of women suffer from mental abuse, emotional abuse, <coughs> to the point to where they continue to reach out to these men who would emotionally <coughs> abuse them? I deal with the outreach ministries. The reason why I ask that because I, I, I try to send them to counselors. But the verbal abuse and the emotional abuse has made them turn to like drugs or alcohol. Uh-huh. So the only the thing that I know to do with them is to send them to rehab programs. Uh-huh. But I believe that that verbal abuse and the mental and the mental abuse can starts there, and then it could be a physical abuse. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of times it doesn't turn into physical abuse, but many mm-hmm. times it does. If they can't control you, it's all, any abuse is about power and control. So if they can mm-hmm. control you verbally by, um, you know, degrading you and, and, and controlling you with their words, if they can control you emotionally by um uh, not speaking you to you, giving you the silent treatment, or just punishing you uh, emotionally, then a lot of times they stick with that. It escalates to physical abuse when that's not working anymore. So then they mm-hmm. go to the next level. But it's not always wow. that they go to the next level. But I tell women all of the time, just because you're not being physically hit does not excuse him from being the man that will still kill you because it is wow. still about power and control. And, and, and you know, uh, the, the, we talk a lot in our groups. We talk a lot in our individual sessions. Free yourself mentally, and then you can mm-hmm. free yourself physically. So that mental Good. abuse, they, they start with that and that, that, that grooming and, and those 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 techniques that get you really mind boggling. You start feeling like you're the crazy one. Uh, that's the gaslighting, as we call it. Uh, you know, everything yes. is your fault. Nothing is their fault. Um, if they, you know, they accuse you of cheating. They accuse you of, you know, sneaking around and all of these different things. And so, we work mentally. Self discovery is the best recovery. And so, the more that you discover so about yeah who you are the better you're going to be able to recover from that thing that's keeping you stuck. Wow, that's amazing. And then my other question would be for me, for as a nonprofit, um, I do um, work at a, a soup kitchen, but as a nonprofit, my heart is towards women, 
and the abuse because I was a, a <clears throat> verbal abuse and mentally abused. My other um, question would be counseling. We'll go back to school. I would love to go back and get a degree, not necessarily in counseling, but maybe some psych, uh, psychological knowing the mind of mm-hmm. um, people to help better um, treat them by mm-hmm. counseling verbally, uh, having some kind of communication because it's hard for me to commune with some women that have been physical abused because I don't know that. And so I kind of feel intimidated sometimes going into those areas. But um, once they become divorced from that and they're in our ministry or they've been on drugs and I'm trying to counsel them. So I'm thinking that I may need to go back and get some more education under my belt when it comes to communicating with them, learning, you know, who they are. I don't know if it's psychology that I would need to take or I don't know. So I would like some input on that. Well, you know, it just depends on what it is that you're trying to do. There's so many different ways to uh, assist with women. Uh, I don't know, you know, your age, but, you know, I, I did, I, I'm always, I'm an entrepreneur at, at, at heart and spirit. And so there's just so many ways to empower women, uh, to connect with women, to, you know, like I said, support groups or uh, coaching. It just depends on what you want to do. If you want to go back to school for counseling, fine. Um, you're a day minister. You may want to do Christian counseling. There's just so much that you can do right now. And even with um, Zoom and COVID, I, you know, I do so many different wellness groups and empowerment groups and seminars and symposium right from my home office on Zoom. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways to, to you know, help and use your gift and use your calling and your talent these days <laughs> that, that may not include uh, going back to school. I was actually, I did a, my organization hosted a an event last night and it was about financial literacy uh, but it was also about learning to monetize your gifts and your habits and your hobbies and your passion wow. so there may be ways to monetize and, and help others uh, with your gift and passion where you may not even have to go to school uh, you know uh, my okay. my sister is uh, uh, also a, a counselor but she's been doing um, um, oh gosh, my mind, chaplain work, chaplain work. And so she mm-hmm. uh, started some grief counseling. And so what I was telling her is the same things that you're doing in the grief counseling, uh, put it in an ebook and, and, and sell it on your website or, you know, do seven steps to overcoming uh, grief and let them be able to uh, get that same knowledge and purchase it without you having to actually teach it. So I don't know what your gifts are, your callings and your hobbies, uh, but maybe we could do uh, individual uh, coaching on how to help others and still be able to use your gifts. Okay. Well, thank you. May not necessarily mean going back to school. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thank you. The next call, do you have anyone else? This is Mabel Robinson. 
Uh, I can. How you doing? Uh, did you? I, I I didn't get in in the first five or ten minutes, but do you ever speak about empowering your daughter? Absolutely. I <laughs> I, I came from domestic violence, so that's mm-hmm. why I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother. You know, I grew up in it. Thank goodness he left when I was six, five or six. Mm-hmm. But I still am traumatized about anything that has to do with domestic violence because of what mm-hmm. I saw. Mm-hmm. So it was the empowerment that I received from her and other women in my neighborhood that mm-hmm. didn't talk with domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm over 60 now, so that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, if it wasn't what, because when I was 15, I asked my mother, uh, would you have left him? And she said, no. Mm-hmm. She said, no. And I watched a man slit my mother's throat Mm-mm-mm. slowly and surely throughout the day. So traumatized I was for years, and I still am. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but he was able to tell me what not to accept. Mm. Well, you know what? That's good that that's what you were able to receive from that because most of the time it doesn't happen that way. It's kind of the old saying, uh, do as I say and not as I do, but that doesn't work. People do what they see. We're all products of our childhood. And so, you know, if people see that's what you are dealing with and going through, you know, that's what they usually attract. Um, your daughters usually attract those types of relationships, and your son usually turns out to be that type of. Uh, and it's not necessarily the case all of the time because, like I said, I never saw abuse. I never saw mm-hmm. abuse. Um, never saw my dad hit my mom. Never saw any any abuse in the household. But I was such a, again, I, I talk about learning who you are and your self-awareness. But I had other insecurities. And then I was a, a, a empathetic person, a very caring person, a very giving person. So usually the abuser or the narcissist, they look around the room and it's kind of like a, a radar. You, they can sense the person who is that person who wants to 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 fix somebody else or who wants to be loved or who wants to, you know, um, all of those different things and have those those vulnerabilities, but also very giving and very uh, empathetic because that's the type of person that they can usually take that power and control over. So, you know, we just have to look back and, 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 and realize, even as parents, I heard someone say the other day, and I thought, oh, wow, that is so true. Your child's first education and first, you know, is in the home before they even go to school. They're, they learn from you. You know, they learn from what they see in the home and what you're tolerating and what, you know, you, what boundaries you have and what healthy boundaries you don't have. So we just have to keep that in mind. Um, You know, a lot of times women say, I'm staying in it for my daughter or for my children uh, so that they can have a father. But what are you really showing your children? That is true. That is true. And that's what what my, my, my actual question to you is, 
how early do you reach out to the young female to enable them not to grow up and be this way? Uh, All day, every day, as early as they can understand. (laughs) Because, you know, uh, I look at even the little kids on the playground. You know, we have to look at uh, society and what society teaches our children and our girls. When a little boy hits you on the playground, what do people say? Oh, oh, he just likes you. It's okay. No, it's not. If he likes you, he needs to open his mouth and use his words and not his hands. But those are the things that we overlook, little bitty small uh, signals that we give that it's, certain things are okay and that we have to be submissive and we just have to be caring and we just have to suck it up. But that's not if it's a healthy relationship. You don't, you know, you don't go through those things and you don't allow those things. That's true. That makes for a strong. That makes for a strong female. Absolutely, it does. You let you know if if he touches you and you don't like it, you let him know it, and it doesn't yeah. matter whether you're five or fifty. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> whether you're five or fifty. <laughs> That's true. Wow. All right. You have any other questions for for her, Mabel? No, I mean, I hit it at a good time. Well, fine. I like <laughs> well thanks so much. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. We have uh, time for one more caller. One more caller. Anybody want to ask a question? Okay. Well, it doesn't look like we have another caller. Well, Dr. Conti Terrell, I am so excited that you are, are part of our, our call, the test zone tonight. You have been, oh, my goodness, <laughs> just like I would say, <laughs> think you would be, uh, such an extraordinary guest. And I want you to tell our audience one more time how they can contact you. Well, they can contact me at um, www.freshspirit.org. It's my nonprofit organization, www.freshspirit.org. Uh, they also can uh, hire me to speak or teach or train at uh, com, and that's D-R-C-O-N-T-E speaks.com. And we also uh, want to let everyone know that um, the organization is a nonprofit organization for Spirit Wellness for Women. Um, the website, again, is www.freshspirit.org. And so we are often needing um, volunteers. We're often needing donations. We are getting ready to do a virtual walk, uh, Fresh Spirit Family and Friends Fun Walk. They can sign up and register and walk from wherever you are in the world, uh, upload pictures, and your your registration go to help the women get the services. Our services are absolutely free. Uh, so, But how, how we do that is through your donations and uh, uh, being a part of our fundraising events. Uh, I always tell people the lights aren't free, the 
the professional staff, doctors, counselors, they're not free, but we don't charge one dime uh, to help those who need the help. And so uh, please, again, uh, you know, reach out to us if you need the help, uh, counseling, case management, court advocacy, and we'll be glad to help you free of charge. And if you um, want to support that, we would love to have your uh, you know, to, to, to donate to the cause. Awesome, awesome. Well, Dr. Conti, I am um, excited. I thank you for coming on the test zone, and I look forward to connecting with you in the very near future. Well, okay. thank you so much. Thank you so much thank for having again. me. Yes, thank you, thank you. And that is the end of our show for tonight, guys. And I want everybody to go out and have a fantastic evening. Thank you, Dr. Conti. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Same here. Bye-bye.